Hey, hey, Lurid listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your host, Rose Caraway, and it's just you and me once again for another Dreamtime episode. I'm excited about today because today I'm going to give you guys three dreams that I had, a writer's reincarnation, an apocalypse, and a ravishment. So as you can tell, each of these dreams is themed very differently. The first dream is, um, well, it's not really the dream, actually. It's what I wrote after the dream that deals with reincarnation. And that's really why I wanted to read you that dream. And then the second dream I'm going to read takes place during an apocalypse. And that one is really fun and quite special in its own way. And I can't wait to get to that one. And then the third one, and the reason why I'm going through these is because of this third one. I just want to give... Maybe some, um, if there's any sensitive audiences out there who are not into stories of what we call ravishment, aka non-consent, I just want to give you a heads up that that is the third dream that I had. Uh, It is very brief, but most importantly, when I say ravishment, I'm using that word on purpose. Uh, It is not violent. There's no harm happening to anyone. It is pure ravishment in all of the best ways, all of the good, erotic feeling ways. What do you say we get to it? I'm going to open up my journal all the way. So we're going to start back with the first dream. Um, and this one I had April 13th, 2017. And if you can remember, 2017, for most of us, was not an easy time, right? There was a lot of political and social-driven emotions just being slung back and forth. This is just a dream that kind of shook out. Don't read too much into it. Um, I'm certainly not. And again, you take these dreams as they come. Um, To me, they mean nothing. If there's any eroticism in them, that just means that I'm horny when I'm asleep, and this is how my imagination works. So, all right, without further ado, let's get started. Here's the dream that I had on April 13th, 2017. I dreamed that I was a black woman, so black, except in my eyes. For a moment, I was also a black man. These two people who were me had been made so ugly, so ugly that even their family cringed to look upon them. These two were in love. I, the woman, argued with a white roommate who hadn't known a day of not having. The man was apathetic, kept saying, I didn't know the windows were open. It's not my fault. I, the woman, was infuriated, but kept it to myself. Flies had gotten into the house, and all of them had died in the vanilla frosting of the cake I'd baked. I walked to the outhouse. I lived in a swampy suburb in a lost bayou, where rickety boardwalks led to each home. The air was so thick it was mossy, stagnant. The air cooked in my lungs. In the community outhouse, 
my neighbors arrived, all colorless as me. An alien light came down, found me, its glow enveloped me, and I lay down on the swollen floorboards. The friends smiled and sang, but they worried. The man I loved arrived, though no one had called for him. He removed his hat, knelt down, and cried. I was lifeless in the light. The neighbors concentrated and hummed, and the air spun, but the man couldn't stand it, and so he ran away. I had become too beautiful. When the light receded, I awoke, and I blinked. I looked at each of my arms. The sweat had dried, but my eyes still burned hot. The anger was still there. Here's what I wrote immediately after. Someone once said to me that he believed we had been reincarnated, that we were great lovers in past lives. Reincarnation is silly to me, yet, yet, I've dreamed of being countless characters. I sometimes wonder, what if writers, the dreamers of other lives, have indeed been reincarnated? That maybe those characters have broken through the veil and come back to us so that they aren't forgotten or alone. That makes me restless with responsibility. Sometimes I am bogged down by those others of me that I need to escape for fear that they will take me over. I know rationally that this life is mine, not theirs. But sometimes I can't possess it. I toil inside. I want people surrounding me. I want them to sing. But their humming sometimes makes my eyes burn and my skin sweat. Because what if their song pulls me down and isn't for me, but for them? So that's what I wrote on April 13th, 2017. I don't know about you, but it still even gives me goosebumps now as I read back over, really, it's about this reincarnation part, not about me dreaming about being a black woman and a black man and a white woman, you know, arguing over flies that died in vanilla frosting on a fresh-baked cake. Um, but the elements of that dream, having your community around you, even in this, you know, lost by you, this outhouse on rickety, swollen boards, like, that's kind of what I felt like the world was around me that time. And that's how it came through. And I remember, God, those hot eyes. And I wonder, maybe I was sleeping with my eyes partially open. Maybe I was so exhausted. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen family members <laughs> where somebody's fallen asleep on the couch and their mouths are open and their eyes are like halfway. Oh, it's like kind of creepy. <laughs> but let's get to this reincarnation thing. Being an author, you've got all of these characters who are you, in a sense. And if you're a writer listening, have you ever felt overwhelmed by them that they might take you over? I don't know. Is that what you would call a 
fugu state, like this, like you're disassociating from yourself and you've got all these other personalities that are coming in and you, and you yourself are getting lost in that mix. Boy, yeah, I sat there for a while. I think I just kind of stared into the the ether and just sat there and just breathed. Um, this was a tough time, and I and I hadn't been writing. God, I don't think I had been writing. I don't think that my creativity was capable. I think it was just bogged down by, you know, the world's problems. Uh, which are, you know, my problems, right? Um, so, yeah, hmm. a little moment in time of what was going on in my head. <laughs> okay, so that, <laughs> it feels like a downer, but I just want to give you that part of our writerly selves. The creative part is not always rainbows and bluebirds tweeting and blah, blah, you know, fun stuff. Sometimes you, you, you have to be uncomfortable. And sometimes you have to let yourself let that in and and stew on it if you can or chew on it a little bit and see what comes out on the other side. See who you are on the other side. Maybe you've got some characters who can help with that, help you explore, um, exorcise some things, some feelings, work them through some problems um, I think it's helpful. I think the world likes that human condition expressed in their reading the most, right? I think that's what makes for the most fantastic stories, aside from, you know, all the side plots and adventures and stuff. <laughs> okay, and the sex, of course, obviously. Speaking of sex, let's get to my second dream, which is way sexier. There was no sex in that first one. Okay, the second dream that I had... Hmm. December 10th, 2023. Now this one is my apocalyptic one. I love this one. This one was fun. You ready? Here we go. I'm riding through an apocalyptic desert, looking for a place to do some quick gardening. My horse is thirsty too, so I'll need to find water as well. I see an old bug halfway buried in the sand and smile. I dismount and begin digging the front of the old car out of the ground. There is soil, eventually, and I drop in a few carrot seeds. It's so hot. I'm sweating too much to continue wearing the two rose lays I've made, so I gently hang them around one of the bug's side-view mirrors. I am only wearing bell-bottom blue jeans now. No shoes, shirt, or bra. I tie my hair back with a strap of leather from my pocket and then go open the bug's hood. My carrots are ready. I hold my open palm over their green tops and the carrots dislodge from the good soil one at a time. My horse nickers and I smile knowingly. He trots closer and I feed him as many carrots as he wants. Then I drop more seeds into the ground and close the old bug's hood. I notice a woman approaching. She's beautiful, not too lean, and wearing bandanas tied over her breasts, around her waist like a skirt, and around her knees and elbows. They're pretty bandanas, floral in pattern. 
I put my lays back on and waved to the woman. I don't know her, but I know she's not a thread. She pats my horse's rump and smiles beautifully. Asks his name. I tell her, no name. All horses these days are called no name. The woman nods in a sad way, but then asks what I am doing. I tell her and then hear her stomach growl at the mention of apples. I open the bug's hood once more and fill a sack of red and green apples that I've grown there. I hand the woman a sack of her own, and she says, You're a witch. I nod, and then mount my horse. The woman bites into an apple and smiles a juicy smile. I like her smile. And then I notice something about her. I tell her, I'm indeed a witch. I grow things, and I know things. I point to her middle. She holds her small sack of apples close, and her smile softens. She says, I'm a whore. I grow things, too. I also know things. She points at my groin, and I feel embarrassed, but also horny. I extend my hand to the whore, and she accepts it. We ride toward another desolate landscape. I ignore the blackened, crumbling buildings. I need the skeletal remnants of Volkswagen bugs. That's how my powers can help vegetation reclaim the scorched earth. As we ride, the woman hums. Her arms are around my middle, and she says she's hungry again. I pluck one of the variegated roses from the lays around my neck and twist around to feed her the flower. She closes her eyes and opens her mouth. She chews with delightful little sounds of approval and then wraps her arms around my waist tighter. Then she cups my breasts. I lean back a little, enjoying the pace of my horse and my whore friend. Then her hands slide down my abdomen and she expertly unbuttons and unzips my jeans. Again, I feel embarrassed, but she kisses my naked shoulders and tells me she grows a lot of things, too. I tell her okay, and she pulls out my cock and strokes it in such a way that I find it hard to breathe, hard to concentrate on anything. I focus only on her hand as it slides up and down my hot and surprisingly raging erection. I come hunching forward, my body so tense and then loose. My new whore friend says she will take care of me if I take care of her. I turn, kiss her. I tell her I'm proud to call her my friend. I ask her if she's thirsty again, and she laughs, yes. I tell her good. She resumes stroking me. I feel my balls tighten in the apocalyptic sun. Suddenly, the world doesn't seem so ruined. Hope fills me until I'm giddy. Then the woman moves my arm and stretches forward. We ride along, and she is sucking me. It feels magical, silky, comforting in all this loneliness. 
I pull the reins on my horse. He stops, but my whore friend doesn't. She plunges forth, humming, sucking, loving me, giving me her gratitude. I come in her mouth, and she drinks loudly, like from a faucet, and I hold her, press the back of her head. When she's finished drinking, the last of me, she presses She presses her breasts against my back and hugs me, rests her cheek against my skin. I press my heels against my horse's middle, and he responds. My whore friend sounds dreamy when she talks now, like she's falling asleep. She asks if I will fuck her when we get home, if I will put my seed into her. Tears roll down my cheeks. I pat her hands and tell her, of course I will, of course. Witches and whores are meant to do such things. So there was that dream. (laughs) You know, it's fun to be a chick with a dick. It really is in my dreams. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever dreamed of that scenario, but... I have fun with that, just like I have fun with like apocalyptic stories. And those are always fun because there's never really any rules. And, you know, the thought of like humanity ending, dying, it's a provocative topic. There's always some edge, you know, like something that's really cool or really bad or just plain sad and and from like Mad Max to um, the road, you know, there are so many stories about the death of civilization. Um, and I like my rendition of it. <laughs> it was fun. Like I love the magical part of it. It's it's part of that that no rules thing like what would happen how would we evolve would we develop magical powers in my world yes <laughs> magical gardening in the hood of old rotted out bugs <laughs> i love my imagination i have so much fun with it um you know and not only does this dream have like the a magical spark to it um It felt like there were few less, I'm going to air quote, threatening or like dangerous humans. And I don't know. Did that mean no men? I don't know. Oh, gosh, (laughs) that's a good thing. I guess that's why I had the dick. Maybe, huh? Um, I frequently dream of having a cock, by the way, Um, even though I've only really written I think only one like androgynous character. If you're interested in that episode, I called it dualities, like a dual tease with two sexes in one. Um, I loved that story. It was very hot. In fact, it got published in a charity book coming together. One of those anthologies. That was really cool. Um, Would I make this apocalyptic story a KMQ episode? Absolutely. I would just build it out and definitely include some penetration because she was super cute in my dream with all those like bandanas. Would I like mm, use my teeth to like pull one off at a time? I don't know. She certainly sucked a good dick. So 
you know, is raring to go, like boom, boom. So, um, yeah, woof. <laughs> that was a fun one. Uh, I loved it, even though it was kind of dirty, like breathing in the air. I don't think I wrote about that, but it was very like particle-y. Um, so I'd probably include a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I liked it. Okay, let's get to my ravishment dream. Now, remember, ravishment, technically, a lot of people associate that with non-consent. So if you're not interested in any way, shape, or form, please stop listening now. Um, if you're curious, which I encourage you to be, because again, there's no violence in this. There is no harm. It's just pure erotic ravishment that is pleasurable. Um, I encourage you to stick around. All right, here we go. This dream I had on December 10th, 2023. So let me turn back. That, the last one? What was it? Oh, it was the same. Oh my gosh. No, no. December 12th. Okay, here we go. The fir- the apocalypse was on the 10th. My ravishment <laughs> was on the 12th. <laughs> it was a busy month in December. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. Uh, and I've, I'm definitely still tracking all of this. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, once I get like a full year, I can't wait to mess with that chart. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dream number three, a ravishment. I curse out loud quickly grope for it between my legs, ache to get it back where I need it so badly. As I reach for the dildo, two hands grab my hips. Before I realize who he is, his fat cockhead presses against my slit and plows into me with one fierce thrust. Animal-like. Hotter, fatter, longer than I'm used to. He shoves all the way in, hard, in one motion. His hairy, muscled belly smacks loudly against my upturned ass. I want him. I grunt explosively, try to rise up on my elbows, but his hands roughly shove me off his cock, upsetting my balance. Then he yanks me back, impales me again with a slap that stings. The unseen intruder sets to fucking me, fast and rough. I can't catch my breath, but that's good. Somehow, I understand that if I do catch my breath, I'll have to fight, have to protest, and I'd taken myself so close to orgasm besides, teased myself already for so long, my brain and pussy agree to just go with it. He's played in my fantasies dozens of times, relentlessly slammed into me until I screamed in the dreamy privacy of my mind. My pussy squeezes to hold on to his meat, and I feel him swell as he crashes into me. Ecstasy, striped with the forbidden, rushes through my muscles, and I fuck myself onto him now. Now I take him with the same ferocity as he takes me. His strong hands bruise my hips as he empties his load into me. It feels so good to be filled this way. I just want to be filled. And that was that. <laughs> So there you go. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Hard and fast by who knows who. Somehow I dreamed of him, I guess, but I don't know how that came out. Uh, you know, I don't often dream of non-consent 
stuff this way. It's certainly in there, and I have put a few elements of that in my show. Um, One story that's got a little bit of like a kind of a gang bang, non-consent-ish vibe to it is uh, a story called Feral. And it's got, um, it's a paranormal erotic story. And it's got people who turn into like wolves and tigers, I believe. Takes place somewhere in the taiga, like in Russia. Uh, So that was a super fun story. I, it was very hot. Um, And it's (laughs) the gangbang, the non-consent or ravishment gangbang um is in order to save a life like that's how i justify it so she knows what's going to happen and she signs up for it and does it and saves the dude that she wants the the guy that she i think loves i can't remember <laughs> i'm going to say yes for now but uh, if so if you're interested in that go check out my story feral um so yeah would i make this ravishment story into an episode? I don't know how I would do it, how I would make this happen, because I'm personally not into like mindless violence. To me, that's not fun. Like just pure rape. I don't like that. That's it's not good. No bueno. That's a no go uh, for me personally. But that's the key is how to make it fun. Um, I'm certainly not thought police. So if this is a fantasy of yours, I am not judging you at all. I just read you one of mine and, you know, it's fairly tame um, compared to some other ones I've had. Uh, and I'll, I'll read. There's one in particular I'm thinking of, but that will happen later. Like I've got to I got to <laughs> I got to warm you up for that one because uh, it does have mindless violence in it. Um So it's all about, like, for me, hmm, how could I freely enjoy a non-consent story in this scenario? Um, boy, would I have her, like, something has come to mind. Uh, Michael Douglas and Sean Penn, I think, did a movie called The Game, Maybe what I would do is kind of along those lines is I would have a woman because I think it's more fun to be more erotically fun to be the woman in a ravishment scenario. Personally, Um, I would have her maybe have a good friend who knows somebody who knows somebody else who knows like this secret company maybe they call themselves ravishment and it's not cheap but maybe she pays for something like this to happen to her and maybe she doesn't know when but maybe there was a lot of paperwork and maybe there was a lot of things she hadn't thought about before and maybe this took her, I don't know, like a long time to finally go, you know what? Yes, I need this. I want this. Like unequivocally, out loud, screaming, pussy dripping for it. That would probably be how I would play it out. But what, like what they would do? 
I don't know that I have that in my head just now. Um, but that could be fun. And I can see a lot of people going, mm, no, I don't want that. But I can see a hell of a lot of people wanting that. Maybe you want to write that story. Maybe it's already been written. I don't know. I haven't read all of them yet. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I do enjoy a little bit of danger in, in my erotica. So this definitely flirts with that. Uh, and that's the fun. That's the fun thing about fantasy and our characters. Like there's no real people. Nothing is actually happening. And you're not a horrible bad person if you have this fantasy or those like it. Um, masturbate to it. Have fun. Uh, run with it. You're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. We're all good. You know, it's it's kind of um, this, gosh, it's like you're your moral self is battling with your primal self, your less civilized self. It's like the twist of the knife, right? <laughs> it just takes you right over the edge, maybe. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a demonic laugh, was it? It was maybe slightly laced with evil. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, so those are the three dreams that I had, and I thought you would enjoy that. Uh, a little reincarnation, a little apocalypse, and a little bit of ravishment. Hey, what better way to start off the new year? <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you again for joining me for another Dreamtime episode. If you are interested in supporting the KMQ, please do follow us on Twitter at the KMQ. Buy our audiobooks, obviously. I have narrated a ton. Um, pay attention to your dreams, you guys. It's neat. Also, to go back in time like I did today to 2017 uh, is a rough time, but it was neat to go back and see that dream and see what I wrote after it about the reincarnation. You know, and if your dreams are sexy, I am sure that your partner would love to hear about it, even if it doesn't star them. Uh, I, by the way, before I let you guys go, I did struggle a little bit with telling my husband, Big Daddy, about some of my dreams because he wasn't in them. It was with actual other people with, you know, movie stars and or non-movie stars, actual people that we knew. And, you know, that's maybe a little hard to chew on at first, but set them up right for it. Like, this doesn't mean anything. This was just a sexy dream that I had no control over. And it came to me and I thought maybe you would enjoy. And maybe you guys, maybe you can play with that. Maybe you can bring that into your playroom. That's that's what Big Daddy and I have done uh, on many occasions in many, many different ways. Um, maybe there's some fun, sexy stuff that you want to play with. Maybe they want to play with it. Give yourselves that opportunity. Talk about it at the very least. It'll grease the wheels. <laughs> all right, you guys, that's all I've got for you today. Happy New Year. Love ya. See you soon. Stupid fish.